is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, once again, we've got... Uh, the delightful Eric online with me, and we are going to talk about uh, chapter eight, the final chapter of season one of The Mandalorian. Eric, how are you? I'm doing fantastic and well. Thank you for the lovely comment of calling me delightful. I don't know well, if I get that very frequently. Well, you you are a delight, good sir. Um, I I find you delightful. Um, you know, anyone else who wants to say otherwise, you know, they can fight me. Um, oh, oh, great. So, um. Yeah, so what'd you think? I, um, so I, this was probably one that I watched like right away and not like 3 a.m. right away, but, um, I woke up and I'm like, it is the final episode and I'm going to sit in bed, which I typically don't do. I'll usually watch it while like, I don't know, uh, walking on a treadmill, you know, figure or do something like on I, obviously i've watched on my phone but this one i like legit laid in bed and just watched the episode as soon as i woke up so to say i was um excited is an understatement so i thought on chapter seven they really left you with a cliffhanger you know oh what yeah the heck's going on and the it did not seem well it did not seem like they were going to be able to get out of this very easily um with our our heroes being trapped in somewhat of a cantina with an entire like side blown out of it and right. a legion of stormtroopers and what we have decided was it is a moth the like the better than the general kind of you know imperial right. gentleman coming out and basically saying hey we're gonna blow you to bits um and they're stuck there and then of course we saw uh baby yoda get picked up by some Stormtroopers, are they called like speed troopers, or is there any type of uh, special name? Scout for troopers. The... Scout troopers. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was um, I I wanted to see how they got out of this because we know there's a season two, so I knew or at least felt that we were going to see a lot of people perish. So yeah, I was very excited about this episode. I do feel the episode delivered. Uh, when it oh, comes down to it, yeah. I I feel that they had to explain a lot, and and I don't know the exact time count but i imagine this was longer than your, your typical 30 some minutes uh i actually didn't ever even pay attention to see how long it was but it felt more like an hour do you um, have any insight I, on that do you know or do you recall seeing it, that when you it was because you know unlike you i did not you know wake up and, and watch it in bed I had, I had you know get up and go to work um however being you know the friday between christmas and new year's as it was um, my workload is, was, shall we say light. And so, you know, I, I, I took my lunchtime and watched it and, you know, given that that was being viewed within a, you know, something of a con- constrained time frame, uh, I made note of how long it was. And it was, it was just like 40 some minutes. Uh, you know, okay. you, you, you trim off the, the recap and the, the starting credits and the credits at the end, it was probably still, you know around a 40 minute episode or so so they, they just yeah. packed a lot into that and did it very yeah. well i think yeah i think so you know um so yeah i enjoyed the episode very much i like 
where we where we're going. So with like there's yeah. a reason for a season two, and there are questions that were answered in this episode, but also questions that still remain for season two to make this an enjoyable season that you know makes sense for us to want to come back and see this character and or characters because let's face it, Baby Yoda is the star of the show. Um, yeah, would not have called that, you know, in the lead up to the show starting, but now that, you know, it's been out there, yeah, he, he seems to be, you know, a good portion of the draw, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, when, uh, you know, when they first introduced him, it's like, oh, that's interesting, and then, you know, they started to use him in the episodes, it's like, oh, that's cute, and there was a part of me, it's like, man, I, I hope this doesn't turn into the baby Yoda show. Um, but, you know, as time has passed and they've, they've developed things more, uh, you know, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, if the Mandalorian died and it was just the baby Yoda show, I don't know that I'd be <laughs> super cool with that. But I'm, I'm kind of okay with, with the, you know, the journey that they've they've created here and you know, what, what this looks like going forward. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah, Baby Yoda is, um, like, I think the reveal in, in Chapter 1 was, like, amazing. No one saw that coming. I don't no. know. You know, I don't know how they kept it secret. Uh, but then again, I don't know how any of these um, studios or, or, you know, these actors keep this stuff secret. There's, there's Imagine how many people had to work on, you know, creating the digital work or so forth of this character. And, like, nothing leaked out. They didn't, you know, and often, you know, a lot of leaks come from toy manufacturers because, you know, part right. of the job the job is like, all right, we're going to, you know, create this and then we want to maximize all profit by selling everything. And, right. you know, I know a Star Wars a few years ago, I think, was leaked by um, a Lego set. Like, I think Solo, you could tell what happened in Solo based off of something they had in the Lego set. And, right. and, I, and the biggest one was the um, Phantom Menace. On the soundtrack, one of the um, track was the death of Qui Gon. Like that was the name of the track, and like right. So so spoiler um, warning. Yeah, well, Todd, <laughs> I imagine <laughs> this time you, you, you you've either decided that the Phantom Menace is not your cup of tea, or you've watched. Uh, but it is. It was. It, I think that's why the Yoda has um, baby Yoda has right caught on like no one knew it was coming if you saw it advertised in the trailer that the mandalorian was hanging out with his baby Yoda the whole time i bet we would have criticized the hell out of it we'd have been like no that oh, doesn't make oh, sense yeah. blah 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 oh, yeah, of- but but yeah i think the uh, you know i'm okay with how they use baby Yoda. sparringly very important aspects of it you know he he actually in um he made the characters like less you know devious or or um evil you know like a bounty hunter you think of someone that's just ready to kill and like it made your right off the get-go it made uh the mandalorian you know someone that you could relate with or at least had yeah. could tell he was a human and not to jump around but let's uh let's face it todd we we saw we saw the mandalorian without his helmet for the first time we did we did and were you um were you shocked? Did you do any previous work to see it, the actor prior to, or was this like complete shock to you? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I had, I had previously, I'm like, okay, this is, uh, um, 
Pedro Pascal, I believe, is the, yeah, the, the gentleman's great. name. And I'm like, who who is that? You know, is this somebody that I would have, you know, seen or heard or, or who is this? Um, and he was in like the second Kingsman movie. Okay. Or whatever. Um, and so like I'm like, oh, okay, that guy. Cool. All right. Like he didn't he 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 didn't leave a whole lot of impression on me from that Kingsman film. Like, I mean, I knew who he was. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that, that's fine. But it wasn't like, oh, dude, it's that guy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not uh, do any previous research. So when they took his helmet off, I was actually hoping for it when they were like, I got to take your helmet off. I'm like, yeah, take it off, man. Let's see, what, let's see what's going on here. Uh, the voice oh, yeah. matched the face to me. I was fine. Like, I oh, didn't yeah. know what to expect. You know, I was, I, it could have been. Now, if it turned out to be like a Django Fett clone, and I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. No, that's... Um, but all, all was well uh, with this episode. Um, but I think, I think the overall episode uh, had enough, you know, surprises, battle sequences. It made enough sense for me to, you know, to go along with the story. There were definitely some parts where I'm like, all right, that was, you know, that was a little far-fetched or thrown together or not even so much thrown together but like you had to use your imagination uh for somehow for how some of it would work like for instance the very beginning the ig unit just so happens to show up you know who knows how fast they were going on these uh these bikes and how far they were away so how how did this ig unit get so you know get there and how long were they waiting so like part of that's like hmm, i don't know how that would work um but you know like it's not unfeasible you know unfeasible that the IG unit would have been able to track the the child. I'm sure the, the beacon was still in place or however, especially if he was a nursing droid. But, um, well, but, I but mean, for the most part, everything made sense to me, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's hanging out in the ship waiting for them to get back. I mean, I got to think he was listening in on the radio chatter of, you know, hey, Quill, get back to the ship, you know. And then, hey, Quill, where are you, Quill? Oh, crap, no one's answering. Like, I got to figure he's, he, he had to have figured something was up. And, you know, you're on a ship. They, they have sensors. They can find out where speeder bikes are. You know what I mean? And he just hustles yeah. out there and makes it happen. Um, let, me, yeah. let me ask you this. Speaking yeah. of that, that sequence. Um, so, Jason Sudeikis, as one of the, one of the, the, uh, the scout troopers, uh, that's, okay. that's an interesting twist. And second, oh my God, punching baby Yoda. Did that give you the same visceral kick in the gut feeling? It did oh, yeah. Watching that. Like, oh, I'm like, I know full well it's a Muppet. You know what I mean? <laughs> but. Yeah, that was, um, that was all. I mean, to me, I thought it was great because I, I love that kind of like, they just, that was a shock value. Um, oh my God. Like, he's like, shut like, up. Oof. Yeah, it's like they just punched the baby. Oh, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, I thought was, that was, that was that was rough. Yeah, well, I thought that overall sequence was pretty funny though. Like, um, oh yeah. So I think the first time we saw personality in the stormtroopers was probably when they offered um, credits for Mando's helmet. But right. Besides, and then this obviously showed that yeah, these are just people doing a job that are waiting around, you know. And you don't, you know, besides maybe Robot Chicken, I think Robot Chicken showed stormtroopers doing stupid stuff many, many times. Right. Which I'm, right. which I'm sure is not canon. Um, but I thought this was great because, you know, they're just waiting around. They're talking about they're, 
They're like, yeah, the this moth just, uh, you know, killed a bunch of his own guys and just killed somebody for interrupting him, you know. And then the guy just wants right. to see the baby. Uh, so it, I thought it was funny. I did not know uh, who were behind the uh, voices or behind the actual masks for that, you know. Um, the, yeah. the punching of the baby was um, was like, ooh. But then I also was like, that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, the initial shock value of they did oh, yeah. Baby Yoda it was like, oh my god, and then you're like, well, okay, it's a Muppet, and they yeah. know it. Like, like it, no actual, you know, infant force users were harmed during the filming of this, whatever. It's like, okay, you know, and then, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know who that's what, who, who was, who was in the armor to begin with. It's just, as they're talking, I'm like, like that voice sounds familiar, and then at the end, you know, I watched the credits, I was like, oh, oh, oh I that's who that, that was. Huh. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. 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 No, I thought, that, you know, let, let's just cut to the chase, though, really. Hi, G. Uh, the IG unit should have stepped out of the um, the ship as as our you know Ugnot friend was flying, and he probably could have blasted those guys uh, in the distance and saved a blurred and an Ugnot. Do you not uh, agree with that, or was he like I think it's he was too busy? He's too busy, you know, lining up um, you know burp rags and diapers, you know, I getting the bottles I, nice and warm. <laughs> I think he was under too strict of orders to not leave the ship. Ah, because yeah and on that note i'm glad that this episode finally gives us some insight into what's all the droid hate about and it's you know our our man you know our mandalorian friend before he became a mandalorian you know his freaking family got wiped out by separatist droids so yeah i i understand why he would have a droid problem um you know and give me a little yeah, give me a little background because it's been a while since I've seen um, the prequels. The Separatist droids were originally against. Were they against the clone troopers? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so you had so and, you had the Republic. Yes. You know who who you know had the army of clones led by the Jedi generals, and then you had the Separatists who were trying to break away from the Republic to do their own thing. And they had the droid armies. It's pretty much what it boils down to. So okay. anyone, so how did... anyone of a certain age who's been around long enough for you know to have been on the tail end of the Clone Wars or what have you, or you know in the far reaches of the galaxy where things would maybe you know happen a little bit you know further along timescale wise, or just anywhere where people might still have access to old Separatist tech, um, are still going to have these droids around. Okay, so. At the end of um, the prequels, did they all join? Did the Separatists and the Republic then become the Empire? And that's why this, we would have... This, the Separatists basically got beat. The, okay. The, the, the Republic won the war. It's and just, that, yeah. They won the war and became the Empire. And it's sort of like... Yeah. So the they're prequels, using they're... In, in, yeah in the prequels the clones were the good guys yeah and the and the and the droids were the bad guys but you know pretty much at the end of the clone war the clones won but then their leader was the emperor who was you know kind of an evil bastard and you know they kind of became the bad guys it was it was sort of a role reversal type situation and, that, and they very much were so in this sequence they were using the old separatist droids not actually like uh, they actually took, you know, all their stuff, and basically now, now you have troopers and 
droids possibly working together to, for whatever reason, destroy these this this city. Or no, no, this no. Area. I think I think what I think what they're saying there is that they were actual separatists that took over the planet. Oh, okay. So there were no there yeah, were no, no stormtroopers no. in the sequence, right? Oh, when the, they're like when he was a kid and they were in, in, yeah. in, in, in village. No, those, that was all droid. Like they never really showed okay. what was attacking them to be like. That, as I'm saying, this this particular chapter is the first time they showed. Oh crud! Those are those are you know separatist droid units doing their thing. Um, okay. Well, that so. that that works. Um, you know, so that so that that's why he probably doesn't have a huge beef with the Empire, which actually is a really good story point that probably most people wouldn't pick up. Because yeah. Matt, you know, instead he has issues with droids as opposed to the Empire, which he had no problem working for, you know, right. when it comes down to getting money. Um, but yet all the other Mandalorians have issue with the Empire. Because well, there's yeah, and there's there's a whole history there that I'm not quite as hip to, but you know that during the Clone Wars, the Mandalorians were kind of they, I, I'm not gonna say they were in the middle, but I feel I don't feel like they were super strongly aligned. Um, again, I haven't watched all the Clone Wars cartoons. I feel like there's a whole Mandalorian chunk in there that I'm missing. Um, but when the Empire took over, it's my understanding they kind of you know turned turned their backs on the Mandalorians. And that's where you know the whole the purge that they refer to is yeah. I think there was some double crossery that, that took place there. Um, you know, but I also thought it was cool in this chapter where they kind of explain, yeah, Mandalorian, that's, that's not really a, a race. It's, it's, it's a creed. It's, you know, yeah. you don't have to be born on Mandalore to be a Mandalorian. And I'm like, thank you for clarifying that. Cause I kind of felt like maybe that might've been what the deal is, but they, they kind of came out and said, you know, listen, here's what it is. So if you think about it, the way this this uh, this chapter ended, with the uh, the armor being like, nope, he's a foundling, he's he's yours yeah. now. Baby Yoda uh-huh. is now a Mandalorian. Dude, I was so waiting for her to make him happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I was like, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like part of me wants it to happen. I just wanted to be a deleted scene, you know, where they like were like. Here and then they put the helmet on the Yoda and Yoda would never take it off. But um, I'm okay. I'm okay with the solution of like, yeah, let's find where this baby Yoda came from, uh, because this is a question that essentially most of the you know the Star Wars Star Wars like insiders and and well let's well let's call us nerds probably have wondered for forty some years you know or or the existence of since the moment you saw Yoda because since he doesn't have a breed or, or species you know identified like right the mandalorian can be doing all this work now this is this could be a great burden because you could definitely come up with something crazy that doesn't make any sense and we can all attack as fans attack the creators um which seems to be um frequent enough with uh the star wars universe or you know or it or it can lead to uh lots more um in terms of interesting creatures and so forth so uh, I'm I'm okay with his his journey because I think what will allow it to happen is similar to this season, you'll get a bunch of standalone episodes that work by themselves, but yet have a small piece of the puzzle that will come together probably by the final episode. So season two sounds great because you still have your villain, 
which oh, yeah. our moth friend who is yielding a what would you call that in the uh it's not a lightsaber you mentioned it earlier in the uh in our discussions what the, was that, the, uh, the dark saber is that what that is that has like the little yes. ridges on it yeah that was pretty yeah. darn cool um and i actually did some did some because i i I saw it cutting through the hull of the thing, and I'm like, is that is that intended to be a Darksaber? Is that what that is? And then I, I kind of, you know, after I watched the episode, I read, you know, some some various things and did a little bit of research. And, yeah, that is, in fact, the Darksaber, which um, the history on that is it was a lightsaber that was crafted by the first Mandalorian Jedi. Oh, okay. Way back. Um, and is kind of passed through hands, you know, the sort of the leaders of various, you know, through time of, of man, that particular group of Mandalorians. And so, you know, how it got into this guy's hands is a bit of a, is a bit of a, a mm. conundrum, but it, it definitely makes him a very specific, a very Mandalorian specific enemy that he's, you know, he's now wielding this thing. Um, so I'm curious to see. You know, it's not like, oh, he's just after the baby and this is just, I mean, I guess it could be just happenstance that, you know, the child happens to be in the possession of a Mandalorian, but I don't know. I feel like there's maybe something a little deeper there by, mm-hmm. by virtue of him having, you know, this, this weapon available. Well, that's, that's good insight that I would have not caught anywhere else. Well, it also I... makes me kind of wonder if, if the moth is not some sort of, you know, G-helmeted? Low, 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 well, <laughs> well, no, not necessarily Mandalorian, but, like, low-level, dark-sided person. If he's got, ah. you know, a lightsaber. Because, I mean, there are instances where non-Jedi or non-Sith have had lightsabers, but they tend to be pretty pretty rare. Um, You can't always assume, oh, he's got a lightsaber, therefore they're a Jedi, but eh, you can make a pretty safe bet. And I'm wondering where this guy falls in, if he just, you know conquered somebody and took the weapon or if he actually does have a little you know dark side juju going on i think that is what we're discussing now to me is part of the great storytelling brilliance of of the team that basically put together the first season because if he just walked out of the ship and just looked like we're like okay he's alive but now you got that little little nugget and now we can really ask all these other questions and get ourselves all hyped up for fall 2020 to find out what the heck's going on, you know, what's this guy doing? What we still don't know why they want our our friend Baby Yoda. You know, we no, we, we don't, really don't. Which I mean, at this point in time, we you know, we know they have to know he has force powers. They probably don't know he has freaking healing powers because who does? You know, no one knew that. Um, but you know, and to be quite honest. They don't know where he comes from because if that was the case, they'd probably just go there and try to, you know, ransack their villages. What do you think about the supporting cast? Anything come out from our friend uh, Apollo and um, and the MMA fighter with the tattoo arm? Do you have any anything that happened in the episodes that you would like to bring to focus or comment? Uh, I mean, other than I think it were I think it worked out well that you know, um, in the end, you know, she's going to join him as as his enforcer. I think that that ties things up nicely. Like it seems, it seemed like it would have been kind of weird or awkward for her to just go back to, you know, forest world and hang out and do nothing. Um, seems like she's gotten a new, new sort of sense of purpose there. Um, 
I think it's it's good that you know Apollo Creed, you know, has sort of restored Mando's standings with the guild. I feel like that's going to come in handy in the future yeah. for, for, you know, for many all parties other concerned, chapters. really. Yeah. Right. Including us. If if he wasn't yeah. able to do guild work, then we wouldn't get to see some of the, uh, you know, you got to wonder where he'd be getting money to travel back and forth to look for all these planets across the. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's nice. It, I, feel, I, I imagine that, you know, it gives us a, a, a chance to see those characters again in uh in season two so yeah and i think that uh ig11's arc ended quite appropriately i thought that was that was pretty awesome the uh the self-sacrifice bit there the walking through the lava and the 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 self-destruct but that was that was pretty effective um you know because his his official master you know has sadly perished and you know he knows what he needs to do He's done the math. He's figured out, you know, the only way you guys are getting out of here. You know, there, there's no scenario that you guys survive. And I do also, but I can solve this problem. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I love the callbacks. I like it when, you know, you're watching an initial episode or chapter for these sake. Um, and you, you, you see something, you're like, well, that was a little bit of overkill or, you know, like in the first chapter where he's trying to self-destruct every five minutes for no apparent right. reason. And, right. and, and it all makes sense now why they reiterated that multiple times, because like this is a big finale. This is a big moment. This is pretty much how they escape. And right. I, I guess those were the last of the stormtroopers on the planet. At least it seemed because at the end, it's like Apollo and, and Tattoo just were like, yeah, let's just head back. No problem here. Like thinking that there's not going to be anybody left. But um, they did gun down a lot. Oh Especially, no! They, they, they plowed through quite a few. <laughs> how about how about our um, our other Mandalorian friend just like completely roughing? I've never seen a stormtrooper helmet shatter, and I'm like, my goodness, that was oh. um, that was intense and awesome. And oh, yeah. I hope we see more of her in the future. Oh, and I gotta I gotta I gotta think that you you, you have to. I mean, it's it's messed up and it's sad. That you know they all got wiped out, kind of except for her. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's pretty serious. But I'm well, glad, I'm glad she that, made though. it. Yeah, I mean maybe you know I, I don't know. I guess they probably I was I was thinking maybe that they like deserted in a sense because they had to and they had to get rid of all the Mandalorian gear and like go off and rebuild the tribe or whatever. But that doesn't make oh. much sense. No, um, no, because like the dude was gonna die not to take his helmet off. I'm sure these guys are just not going to say, well, let's hit, hit up a new town. we got to get our new identities. So, yeah, they no, probably all no. get wiped out. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, she's she's just, like, chilling, and they come around, and she's like, all right, let the ass whoop it. I like that she beat the crap out of them with her tools. Like, oh, I know. Or this forge. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick up a blaster. I'm not going to pick up, nope. you know, a sword or a knife or anything. I'm going to kick your asses with, you know, my, my tongs and my hammer. Um, yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was pretty sweet. Um, I, I um, yeah, how about the R2 unit that straight up had ridiculous legs and arms? I'm like, the tall, he's the basketball player of all R2 units. He's, <laughs> he is the scoring leader. Um, that, was, uh, that was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, um, I was yeah. all right with it. It didn't bother me. I mean, like, why not? Yeah. You know, if it yeah. was a Lego kit, we would have made that same type of droid. Oh, heck know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no so I didn't... I mean, I don't think there were really too many callbacks to different creatures or anything interesting and new that we saw in this episode. 
it seemed that most of the um, most of the characters episode like everything was from previous you know previous you know chapters. Yeah. No, I think you wrapped, I mean, I'm, wrapped I'm, it all up up pretty well. Do you think there's anything that we didn't discuss uh, from good old chapter eight that we'd like to address? I'm trying to think if there was anything in the story that we have missed. Uh, we didn't go necessarily chronological as we did in a previous, but this is more of a spitball, uh, random event and thoughts. Where we just no, throw it out um, No, I think... Uh... I think we hit on most. I, I well, I guess I, I will say I enjoyed them breaking out the E-Web. Um, yeah. Uh, the the he- the heavy heavy repeating blaster bit, but that's possibly just because I am, you know, a role playing game dork, and I remember yeah. when they you know introduced that in the in the in the role playing game, and yeah, you do not want to go against an E-Web. Those things will will wreck face, um, on a level that just you. You didn't want to think about like they were everyone was very righteously correct in oh crap shit's about to get real when they broke that bad boy out because that, that's pretty much how that goes um yeah you know, i didn't I, I, I didn't get that same sense so um i think there has to be a uh, a greater or deeper like satisfaction for some of these shows uh when you played the role-playing game or and or read the books and that's right. one thing that I would love, I mean, since I enjoy a lot of throwback to Easter eggs and stuff, it'd be so much better if I actually got it from the first glance as opposed to having to read on the internet of this and that. Like, <laughs> when he, you know, when he got out of the ship, when the moth got out of the ship with your dark lightsaber or whatever, that would have been a lot cooler or more emotionally satisfaction, satisfaction for me if I knew that stuff. Um, so one of these days, I mean, I guess this actually tails to the question I was going to ask you. Do you think the Mandalorian um, has opened like a gateway to have you further investigate or want to read more or want to see more Star Wars stuff? You know, for me, it would make me even open to the idea of like, oh, there are books out there. Like um, I would be willing to watch some of the cartoons, you know, or wanted to because it opened up a deeper fandom of like, I want to consume more, which is essentially my personality anyway. But right. if so, if so, what would you, as the person who's probably done a lot of the outside Star Wars stuff, what would you recommend to feed this like itch or scratch this itch uh, until fall of 2020, where we need more Star Wars? <laughs> um, I would say uh, if you are interested specifically in Mandalorian type lore, uh, like I said, I know there were were several episodes. Uh, you know, a couple of story arcs in the Clone Wars cartoon that that relate to that. Um, I know they exist. I don't think I've actually gotten far enough into the Clone Wars to have seen most of them, but I know that they're. I know they exist. I know that that's that's sort of some story arcs that happen there. And like I said, when I was doing some doing some quick quick and dirty research on the dark saber thing, they they make meant like it it may it it shows up in that. At some point, so you, you can check out some Clone Wars. Um, I think that that'll that'll scratch that itch for you. Um, you know, sticking with the uh, the cartoon piece. Like I said, I recently, you know, now that I've got Disney Plus, have access to the the Rebels cartoon, which I had not previously seen because it was on some other Disney 
channel that I didn't have access to. I watched the first couple episodes of that it's pretty good. Uh, I think I could I think I could solidly recommend that. Um, you know the books. I mean, there are a lot of books. There are a lot of comic books out there. I I don't know how. I don't know where I would exactly direct you to a because there's just a crap ton of them, and b. Uh, while I've read a good chunk of them, I've not read all of them, and I don't know how well I could necessarily recommend, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, and, well, and the other thing is, is a lot of those, you know, the expanded universe stuff is now, you know, no longer canon. And I don't know how, yeah. I don't know how, how you feel about that. You know, I know there are some folks who are like, I don't care. It's all Star Wars. It's all enjoyable. Okay, whether it's canon or not, I don't care. There are other people who are like, well, if it's all been invalidated and it's not canon, I don't want to waste my time with it. I don't know where you fall you know in on that stuff. Well, I think, um, you know, this is the first of me actually putting these thoughts in my brain. But I don't know if I 100% want to read fiction of fiction. So, you know, you know, like, I'm okay with just the one level of fiction, which so to me, I would want it to be official because I don't know why, but like a lot of this information, I would like to be able to spit out if it came up in conversation and gotcha. be like, yeah, I know what's going on here. And I think, you know, through my escapades of trying to learn as much possible as from like the Disney theme parks you can inundate yourself with so much information that you retain almost nothing, you know, like you, you know. <laughs> so for me, if I'm going to try, I would definitely go with Canon uh, approved. So that way you can get most of the references coming up. And, and if this didn't really happen because this was before a certain time or whatever, I don't know if I would want to just read it for fun. Cause I don't, I, I mean, I guess I'm not a type of person that can just naturally dig into a topic and just be like, yeah, this, that was fun. I think I always have to have some type of goal or purpose in mind. And a lot right. of that would just be like, you know, as much as possible about this certain topic, which is super annoying in my own brain. But, <laughs> you know, like if I was going to do it, I would find stuff that was canon because I think that would be legit. Now, if you're just reading for fun and you just like want to kill an hour or whatever of your day, and I don't think it matters what you read. Um, so I can, I can understand both sides. And right. I, I fully support, you know, authors of both sides. So if you want to write uh, just complete fan fiction that is not canon and make up your own stuff, go for it. And if people will buy it, that's a hell of a well, way to make a living. Well, that's the weird thing, because a lot of the stuff, because they were written before the Disney acquisition, like they were canon at one point, And then they yeah. got basically decanonized. And that's where it puts it in a weird spot. But I would say, uh, I guess, let me say two things on this this topic, and then, then we'll go from there. Um a, they put out a lot of really quality audiobooks of a lot of this stuff, and because I, I, you know, it's it strikes me as you're a busy guy, you're often doing a lot of things, and it's probably a lot easier for you to listen to an audiobook than to take be able to have the time to sit down and physically read. Um, frankly, that's where I've gotten a lot of mine is you know from an audiobook form and listen to them that way, and. It, they're like full cast audio things, like different people doing the different voices, like they dub in blaster noises and droid noises. Like it's it's like listening to a radio play, but it's, you know, full unabridged, you know, recordings of these novels. Like they do a really good job with the Star Wars ones. Um, so that might be a good route to go. 
for you, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, not it, it's not necessarily Mandalorian specific, but just good, good quality stuff. There is a uh, there was a, a, a book standalone book, I believe it was just called Kenobi, that basically is uh, Obi Wan shortly after he started his exile on Tatooine and some of his adventures there. I highly recommend that. Um, there was one um, for Tarkin. That's okay. you know sort of sort of how he kind of came up through the ranks and became who he became. That was good stuff. And then there's a, I believe it's a trilogy. I think the only only the first two have come out yet so far uh, for Thrawn. And I don't know if you know anything that's about Grand Admiral no, Thrawn at all. That's the one I've, a lot of people reference in um, the several podcasts I listen to. I've heard um, yeah. Thrawn come up. So, so scroll back in time to, yeah, I want to say like 93 or so when they're, was no expanded universe. It was the movies, and that was it. Um, you know, the, the role playing game was out, and it added a lot of in, a, a lot of good material. Um, and then Timothy Zahn wrote a trilogy, uh, the Thrawn trilogy, um, that basically takes place like f- uh, f- about four or five years after the Battle of Endor. It's like the New Republic trying to get its act together. Um, and that's where Grand Admiral Thrawn is introduced. Those are, those three, I would highly recommend. Um, and they're available on audiobook, and they're they're good stuff. Again, that falls into the realm of this is no longer considered canon, but they're still really mm-hmm. good stories. Mm-hmm. And at, if nothing else, you get Thrawn out of it, uh, who's a really really good good character. Um, huh. A high quality character. I mean, he's an Imperial, so you know, take good. Not as you know, good versus evil, but yeah, you know, quality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, they, like I said, there, there's there's new books he's written that kind of get into you know where he came from and how he got to be where he is. And it's my understanding he plays pretty prominently in the Rebels cartoon. He makes yeah. the appearance there. Yeah, I think that's I think that is possibly why I've heard some stuff. Yeah, uh, from some of these other casts. I will tell you. And I'm at, this might be news to you because I don't know if you've listened, but I'm a podcast guy. So I listen to at least three Star Wars related podcasts on a semi-regular basis. Have I um, shared with you um, the podcast called Star Wars in Character? I don't, I, you know, I think you might have mentioned it and I've never, you know, actually dug in and, and checked it out. I would be keen to do so, though. Because right this now there's one, only one I listen to, and it's the one that I hate listen to. Because oh no, every yeah. time I hear it, I'm like, wow, you guys are on the exact opposite side of the the, the conversation from where I am. On well, here, I will, most I will recommend Star Wars. three. I will recommend three, um, and uh, you can take it at that. So Star Wars in character is something that I listen to when I'm kind of getting super amped about Star Wars. It's not something I listen to all the time, but basically they take a specific character and or like machine or droid or um like a type of starship or something and then they just dissect the crap out of it i i think as a role-playing guy you'd probably love it you know they talk about yeah. like previous uh you know where the character was found in books or you know graphic novels and so forth um but that was one i've um i think i've been to listen to a lot of the darn episodes and they'll talk about you know 
they would talk about IG-88 and uh, Diamond Hunters and or just specific characters in the cantina. So um, that was a cool one. Another one that is kind of a hybrid. There, there are two of them, but they're, the host is on both. So I listened to um, a Disney podcast called Jim Hill Media, which is an entertainment writer. And I listened to about five of his. He puts out an episode. like a, He does a Marvel win a Disney like theme parks and, and um, Mar- you know, Star Wars alone. So there's one called Looking at Lucasfilm, which his co-host is a guy named Dan Zier or Dan Z, who is also the host of another podcast called Coffee with Kenobi. So they're both, they kind of handle news and upcoming Star Wars um, like type related things. So recently the Coffee with Kenobi went over Mandalorian, kind of like how we were doing it with other individuals. Um, you know, and then they interview specific, you know, they have pretty high access. I mean, they get invited to all the Disney events and the Star Wars celebrations and stuff. So they have um, access to, you know, the actors in it or authors or what have you. So that's an interesting, very professional, good, you know, the host is likable. And, uh, and then the Jim Hill media ones are just full of insight. And uh, he has a lot of connections, as it seems that he gets a lot of information. So if you're into the, you know, I want to know what's coming down the pipeline. And he talks about all Lucasfilm related things. So Indiana Jones and um, obviously Star Wars and um, even uh, our friend Willow, I think is. Uh, I'll say I'm, I'm waiting for a Willow time. reboot. Dude, that no, I, that, no, that is uh, in the, that is news that they report on. So right. it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's, it is definitely funny that that's the case, but those are three podcasts that I would recommend for anyone that is trying to, find a little bit more star wars in their life after the mandalorian cool do me a favor shoot me shoot me links to those i'll throw them in the I show will. notes you know no, I will that'll, do that. that'll, that'll be nice cool well i've got to get to work sadly absolutely yeah much, much unfortunately um but thank you eric this has been awesome um cannot wait for season two and i'm sure we'll be chatting you know long before that comes around but uh absolutely. thanks thanks for breaking down and spoiling uh season one with me uh, it's been been good fine. times. Heck yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast.